This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yo, it is another edition of Phillies Today. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is Tuesday, September the 18th. As yesterday, just another reminder that for some inexplicable reason... The Philadelphia Phillies can't beat the New York Mets as the New York Mets win again yesterday, nine to four. Jake Arrieta, not a uh, not a great outing, not atrocious either. They do get a little offense early. It was tied at four four for a bit. They were down four nothing, fought back to make it four four. But then the uh, the Mets slowly and methodically pulled away, made it five five four, then six four, then nine four. All of a sudden. And that was all she wrote as the Phillies drop yet another game to the Mets. Unbelievable how uh, how poorly they have played against the Mets this season. Really just um, hard to believe. J.P. Crawford does have a nice three RBIs uh, on a, uh, a triple there, which was nice to see. Jake Arrieta, again, five innings, four earned, six Ks. Not great. He looked good at times, but... The bullpen solid until Hector Neris struggled late, but again, as we've discussed, this season is over for all intents and purposes. Even though they have a bunch of games left with the Braves, we can uh, we can look ahead, and uh, and that's one of the things we will, of course, look to uh, the next game coming up here and and see uh, where uh, where uh, what we think if the Phillies can potentially take advantage of the Mets and win a game or two. Like we said, we do want to see some positivity through the rest of the season. But I think at this point, it's also, it's time to, uh, to start to consider looking ahead. And, and again, we will also, um, you know, do a little season recap and look at some, uh, some potential, you know, season awards and all that type of stuff. But for now, I think as we look at what's rest of the season and there are things to be excited about, as we've discussed, looking at getting to see Scott Kingery and J.P. Crawford and Aaron Altair and some of these younger guys get a chance to finish out the season playing some games against a couple of potentially playoff-bound teams in the Rockies and the Braves. And, uh, look, Crawford's been swinging a good bat since he's come back. It is interesting, though, that uh, somehow, some way, Scott Kingery has become a better defensive shortstop than J.P. Crawford. I don't know how that happened or why that's happened, but that is something that seems to have happened. But regardless, uh, while there are some things to look at here for the rest of the season, just to kind of enjoy as the season rounds out and hope that the Phillies can find a way to win a few series here and maintain a uh, above 500 record and all that type of stuff. There are reasons to be hopeful and to root and to watch, but at the same time, I think it's time to look ahead. And I wanted to start by looking at what we have now and looking at the roster and some definitive things we know is that from a lineup perspective, and we'll get to the pitching in a minute, but from a lineup perspective, we know that Reese Hoskins will be back next season in a starting role. 
it's amazing that past that, how much there is up in the air, but Reese Hoskins back in a starting role. Some people want him to move back to first base. Some people want him to stay in left field. Ultimately, the best position for Reese Hoskins is DH. He's not a good fielder anywhere you put him, but I think certainly does less damage as a first baseman. But I also think that Carlos Santana is a valuable asset. And uh, look, we've seen over the last month and a half or so what Santana can bring offensively. He's been the best hitter on the team pretty handily for a little while now. And uh, is someone who's signed to a, a contract, as we know, where it's not like the Phillies are just going to cut ties with that. But it does raise the question of, could Santana potentially be an option at third base next year? And as crazy as that sounds, this is a guy who's looked at least serviceable when playing third base this season, a fair amount of third base, surprisingly enough, with the Franco injury and all that. But I think it's fair to say that that no one is, is sure that Mike Franco is the answer at third base, and there are a lot of people who think he's not, myself included. And obviously the injury has slowed him down, but... We saw, and while he had a, a certainly a better season than expected and has bounced back somewhat, he just hasn't shown that ability to be consistent day in, day out from an offensive perspective. A nice defender at third, uh, surprisingly nimble, has a great arm, but um, I don't think Franco's the answer at third. And it raises an interesting question of, of if you could get by playing Carlos Santana at third base and... I think it's possible. He's got the arm for it. He doesn't have a ton of range, but that's a position where you don't necessarily have to have a ton of range to be successful. You just have to make sure that you can get the balls that are hit at you when they're hit at you pretty hard and quick. But it's an interesting situation because when you go around the diamond, we know, I think at least we think we know that Scott Kingery will be here in some form or another, I think. The question of Cesar Hernandez in second base is completely up in the air. And he's someone who earlier this season, the way they started out, the way he started out, I thought might be a piece for the future. And while I think he can be a piece for someone for the future, I think he's a good enough Major League Baseball player to deserve to stay at the Major League level and can help a team. I don't know if he's a great fit for this team right now when you have Kingery bouncing around and ultimately his natural position at second base that's where his bat plays the best I think ultimately they'll probably look to move Kingery back there but who knows it's been such a strange year for Kingery development wise in terms of where does he play on the field what's his future what's his um you know ultimate outcome what's the best outcome and of course obviously his struggled immensely from an offensive perspective has been better the last month and a half two months significantly so but clearly not a a bang up you know busting out of the gates type of rookie season but still a young guy in his first experience at the major league level and i think that not only is it wise to give him more time to try and prove himself at that level and more consistency with that. I'm sure the Phillies feel that way too. So I expect Kingery to be back in one form or another. Um, moving around the infield there, I think J.P. Crawford is an interesting name in the sense that I don't know what they think of him at this point. He's hit really well since coming back. One of the better hitters on the team since September and the the expansion of rosters when he's been in the lineup. But Seems to have regressed defensively and seems to 
um, lack some confidence out there, which is surprising because we thought the one thing we could absolutely count on with him would be that defensive uh, abilities. And instead, since he's been back, he's hit well. But defensively, who knows? I still believe, like Kingery, that he deserves more of a chance. He's even younger than Kingery, one of the younger players in baseball, 23 years old. And a um, someone who, again, I know he's had a, kind of an up-and-down road to the majors, but is still someone who was regarded as one of the best prospects in baseball and has had a lot of success at the minor league level, especially considering his age level at the certain levels of of minor league baseball he was at. So personally, I would still like to see King uh, Crawford get more of an opportunity as well, but I don't know where the Phillies view him. And then again, moving over to third base, Santana, an interesting name to put there, or, you know, look, Santana is certainly a better first baseman defensively than Reese Hoskins, but is Hoskins such a bad left fielder that it really, it really hurts the team enough where it makes sense to move him back to first base. It's an interesting conundrum for this team. And then again, like I said with Franco, um, I don't know if he's the answer long-term. I don't think he is, but um, he certainly had a better year this year than I expected, but again, has still shown the inability to consistently produce at the level he needs to produce at and to do it again with consistency. So I don't see a long-term success in Philadelphia for Mike Alfranco, but I still don't know if they're going to move on from him immediately as uh, obviously there's still service time left there and um, you know, they wouldn't have to pay him a ton of money. But I think it's also possible where he's enough of a tantalizing talent when he's on that maybe there's a team there and still young enough where maybe there's a team out there who'd be interested in making a move for him. So I think the infield, a really interesting kind of situation here where theoretically they could return next season without any of the same guys in the same spots. And then, of course, behind the plate, I think Alfaro will play at least as much as he played this year, if not more next year. But um, you could certainly see them bringing a guy like Wilson Ramos back on a one-year deal as a uh, a platoon-type option where, you know, obviously Ramos can't play that many games anyway if you expect him to stay healthy for the entire season. So um, that makes a little bit of sense. But I think Alfaro certainly will get another opportunity to develop next year and continue to develop. And then you move to the outfield, and it's even more interesting, or just as interesting at worst, because Aaron Altair and Nick Williams both. Um, Aaron Altair, of course, just a disastrous first half of the season, first, you know, sent to the minors, still average below the Mendoza line, has been an incredible disappointment after the season he had two seasons ago, which was a really good season. He was a really good baseball player a couple years ago, and obviously has flashed that at the major league level enough where you believe that that, that is in him, at least. And, of course, goes down to the minors, comes back recently, has been scorching the ball lately. Again, one of the better hitters on the team as of late. But um, it's interesting to see how uh, where his long-term future as, is at in their eyes. I think that they certainly believed in him coming into the year, gave him the, the lion's share of those starts between him and Nick Williams until Williams was just out producing him so much they didn't have a choice. So I think that's an interesting one. Nick Williams, also an interesting name in the sense that, you know, you don't know what what he is long-term. He showed growth, some development, but then the injury has hampered it, and we haven't um, gotten to see him kind of develop past that. So it's another interesting spot. And then, of course, the left field conundrum with Reese Hoskins. And then, as we said in center field, uh, you know, I think is the the most interesting conundrum of all the conundrums in that, look, Roman Quinn is certainly – going to be a part of the team next year the question is whether they can count on him to stay healthy enough to be a everyday player 
And, of course, Odubo Herrera, the, the biggest question mark on the team, a guy who, as we all know, has shown the ability to be one of the best hitters in the sport when he is hot and, and going right. And then, as we've seen over the last three months, he can be one of literally the worst hitters, the worst everyday hitters for sure, as he's been a disaster. And obviously, he's not played every day uh, over the last few weeks, month, whatever, since struggling so much. And of course, it's it's also struggled in the outfield as well, which is surprising. A guy who's usually been a pretty solid, strong defensive outfielder has struggled a lot this year when playing so just a a real regression year for Odubo Herrera and it really again it begs the question who is a lock for next year I I think look I think the majority of the guys we mentioned will be here next year the question is who's starting who's not who's a bench guy who do they believe in for the future who do they trade away this offseason and and we'll get to the pitching a bit but I think from an offensive perspective what it really leads into is that this is the most important offseason in franchise history, potentially, certainly in a long time, in that, um, you know, the the potential to go for a Bryce Harper, a Manny Machado, or both, which many reports have, have discussed. Um, and we'll talk about that coming up in a minute. Um, but, you know, I think that really changes the complexion of it. And, and this team has... This offseason is going to be so crucial for what they're going to be able to do in the in the coming years. And I think that's always been their plan. I think they have planned on this offseason being the pivot point to, you know, kind of jump them into the future. And that's why this season was so unexpected both to us and to them. So I think that ultimately, once we look back at it, we'll see this season as a, a jumping off point. But again, it is really all dependent on what happens this offseason. The most important offseason, obviously, in Clentac's tenure and certainly in a long, long time at best in Philadelphia for this Phillies team because there are a lot of questions to be answered and there are also some real primo primetime free agents, some franchise-altering guys on the market that the Phillies are going to be involved in. And as I've said many times, I believe they will get at least one of Harper or Machado and I feel like Harper, the leader in the clubhouse in my mind right now, just reading the tea leaves and seeing the way things are going, and that would certainly help solve that outfield playing issue we discussed. I think we'd at least know one spot, the right fielder, could play center if they wanted him to, but I think he would certainly most likely be in right, don't want more wear and tear on his body. But point being, and we'll get to the Art Machado thing and the reality of it coming up in a bit, but... I think it's going to be really interesting. It's going to be really interesting. Look, I think we saw a lot of development this year. We saw that um, some guys have some real potential, and and certainly some guys like Henry struggled and, and underperformed. But um, I think we saw more good than bad this year with this the the lineup and the guys. And I think that if nothing else, we we've, we've learned we have pieces that can be a part of something. Now they just have to add to that, and I think that's a positive spot to be in. All right, coming up, we're going to talk about the pitching and where that is heading into next season and, and get back to that Harper Machado thing as there was another report out there that the Phillies could be going for both, and uh, and that is just a almost too wild and cool a, a thought to even ponder or give any credence to because it's almost too hard to believe. So all that coming up and more. In just a minute, it's Phillies Today. It's James Seltzer. We're coming right back. We are back. Phillies Today, James Seltzer. Coming up in a minute, we'll get into the Harper Machado of it all. But first, I want to look at the pitching staff. And 
again, kind of looking at this situation is where we stand for the Phillies heading into the offseason and then ultimately into 2019. A little bit more stability here than from the lineup perspective as I think we can obviously guarantee Aaron Nolan, Jake Arrieta will be back next season and be a part of that rotation. And I think you'll feel pretty good guessing that, that two of the other three guys at worst will be, I would guess, a... Uh, Pavetta has shown some real upside if they can develop another pitch there. At worst, I think he'd be a high-leverage reliever for them. Um, And look, I think Velasquez, uh, look, he is tantalizing. Every year we say, oh, they're going to put him in the bullpen, and we never do. So I think there's some upside there, obviously, as he showed stretches this year that was the most consistent we've ever seen him. But then again, he also reverted back to the Vincent Velasquez, who we hate. So I think that's going to be a really interesting name. I think that could be a pivot point one way or the other. And then Eflin, too, is a really interesting case in the sense that this is a guy that they as an organization thought of so highly that they wouldn't trade him straight up for Manny Machado, as we were told about at the trade deadline. But is also someone whose play, obviously his last start was much better, but prior to that had really struggled since his great month of June. I think Eflin has done enough, and I think this organization believes in him enough that I think he's going to be in the rotation to start next season, depending on what happens. Obviously, a lot can change. Maybe they trade for Mike Trout, per se, and Eflin's a part of that. You never know. Um, But I do think that... um, I think it's going to be interesting, but I think there'll be more stability there, and I think we could certainly see them go out and add another starting pitcher, but I think he had a really good chance of of some consistency in that spot. And, of course, with the way they pitched this year, it's hard to argue with that and hard to be upset with that. From a bullpen perspective, look, bullpens are, as you know, if you're a loyal baseball fan and a big-time baseball fan, that they are fickle year to year, and a lot can change. Sir Anthony will obviously be back and be a part of it. Um, Nishak, if they want, if he wants to sign, will come back. Uh, Tommy Hunter's here for another year. He had a nice, really nice second half. I'm sure they'll add some other names. We'll see some guys. There'll be some minor league guys who come up and make a difference. You know, guys like Garcia and Ramos and those guys will be around. Those fringe guys who go up and down. And, and some are really good and had good stretches like Ramos. So, um, obviously didn't finish the season as well as he had that stretch for. But there's upside with some of these guys. So, I think bullpen is hard to predict. Hopefully, they make a move to go out and kind of shore that up a little bit, though. Because they need someone they can count on to close out games. I've said many times... I might be a fan of analytics or sabermetrics, but where I disagree with those guys, the analytics crew, the sabermetrics crew, is that, oh, anyone can pitch a ninth inning. I don't think anyone can. I think you need to have that mentality, that kind of makeup to pitch the ninth. And I think the Phillies need a guy they can count on there, and that way they don't have to put as much pressure on Sir Anthony to be the only guy in the bullpen who can do everything and close out and, and this and that, so... I think some consistency on the back end will really help this team next season. And I think it's something they'll address. So uh, I think that's where it stands from that perspective. I think, obviously, again, as we discussed, the most interesting thing, and we'll talk about it a lot before the end of the season as we look ahead, but the number one most important offseason in as long as I can remember, maybe ever, with this Philadelphia Phillies franchise, is they have the skeleton of a organization a roster a team that can um an infrastructure that can have real success for many years to come here but they have to hit this offseason because they need to fill in that skeleton they've got a lot of young guys who we're excited about they've got a great minor league system with a lot of depth they don't have a lot of high-end guys of blue chippers that's something you worry about but 
That's why they need to go out and get Bryce Harper or Manny Machado. And again, there are multiple rumors that they could go for both and try and get both, which would, of course, be just absolutely insane for us. But at the same time, wouldn't be the worst thing. I mean, this team has so much money to spend. Middleton's willing to spend it. Can you imagine adding those two guys to this lineup? The way the pitching's been, they're a World Series contender immediately. Maybe the favorite in the National League. And Bryce Harper, I'm such a big Bryce Harper fan. I I think he is someone who I know people get a little annoyed with the antics now, but if he were here, I think we'd love him because he's fiery and he's passionate and he wants to win. And I think he's got a Philly kind of feel to him. And man, is he a great hitter. I've said this many times on this show, but it's, it's worth reiterating. To have free agents like Harper and Machado come on the market the same offseason is so unprecedented in the sense that both of them are unprecedented in terms of being free agents at the age they are and the talent level they are and the amount of uh, they've already achieved in Major League Baseball. It is unprecedented to have guys at the age of 26 years old, 27 years old, who are have played this long in Major League Baseball enough to accrue the right to be a free agent and are this generationally talented. It never happens. Never. So this is a massive offseason, and I do believe they're going to get one of the two. The, the getting both, it just seems far-fetched to me. Look, I'm not going to put it past them to try, and Middleton's got the money to make it happen. It just doesn't seem real to me. That seems so insane. It's never happened before, obviously. So we'll see. Look, I would love it. I'm all in. I think it's a great move. I think they're both generational top 10 type guys who could carry this team for the next decade together for sure. But I just find it hard to believe they will do it. And if I had to choose one of the two, it'd be Harper. I think he's a better fit for the team. But um, I also think that I just think he's a better player. I think he's got a higher ceiling. I think on a night-to-night basis, you have a better chance on a season-to-season basis. You have a better chance to have the best player in baseball in Bryce Harper than you do in Manny Machado. Bryce Harper's already had one season where he was the best in baseball. And obviously, if Mike Trout's in baseball, it's hard to be the best. But Bryce Harper has shown that his peak is just better than Manny Machado's. And at a guy his age entering his physical peak, I'm more willing to take a chance on that. But again, look, you can't go wrong with either of them. If they sign either guy, I'll be ecstatic. I'll be jumping up and down. We'll be celebrating. It'll be awesome. But again, I really do think that they're going to do it. I think that either way, this offseason is everything for this team. And I think that, again, I think they planned that. I think that they built this team and expected that 2019 was their point. That was the spot. That was when they are going to, quote unquote, make moves and go for it. So buckle up. It's going to be a fun offseason. The Phillies are going to be in on everything. You're going to hear the Phillies' name involved with all the big free agents, trade rumors, all that stuff. And it's going to be awesome. So while the end of the season has not been as fun or as exciting as we thought it could be and would be and hoped it would be, we still have a really fun offseason ahead. And if the Phillies can execute their plan... We have a really fun decade at or a really fun eight years at or a really fun five years at or whatever it is. We got real potential. That's really exciting. And again, if nothing else, this season reminded us how fun 
baseball in Philadelphia can be when this team is playing well. Granted, it wasn't that fun last night when they dropped it to the Mets again, but hopefully they can get back at it and uh, and take advantage of them tonight. But again, baseball, when it's good in Philly, is, is really fun, and we care, and uh, it's awesome to be here for it. So hopefully tonight back at Citizens Bank Park, the Phillies can get back at it. Luckily, having Aaron Nola going helps. Aaron Nola trying to close out one of the great seasons in Philly's pitching history. We'll take on the lefty Jason Vargas. Obviously, the last time we saw Vargas, he beat the Phillies in Williamsport, and it was one of those how-could-they-have-lost-that-game type of games. But hopefully they can get back at him, get some revenge, get some revenge on this Mets team that seems to have their number. And with Nola on the hill, it's always fun to watch the Phillies play baseball. And again, hopefully they just can find a way to finish out the season with a little positivity. Either way, as we said, the future is bright. This offseason is huge, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. All right, we'll be back tomorrow to recap tonight's action and to uh, continue to look ahead to next year and beyond and, of course, recap what uh, I think was a fun and successful season. Until then, keep it here. We got you covered all day long right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law